Blog Talk Radio. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Twin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 89.1 Ken's FM Attitude Era Monday Live Monday, and we are on the air live tonight with a interesting theme song to start us out tonight. The La La's, So I Married an Axe Murderer. What a great way to kill the sh- No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, anyway, we got, uh, we're got we live here on 89.1 Ken's FM. Unfortunately, Granny is on temporary assignment. Uh, she will not be with us this week, but I do believe we have the nightmare here. Yep, I am still alive here on 89.1 Ken's FM for another good show. All right, and um, there we go. Well, I, I, I don't mind the song. I've never heard it, but people that are uh, were looking for that that hit you theme, we'll, we'll get you next week. Anyway, so we got a big show tonight, as always. Let's go ahead and catch everybody up on who we got tonight. Our first guest will be uh, Nadia Steele. She's got an upcoming movie called The Black Tent. And we have uh, Nicole DeLiva SFX. She actually changed her last name to add SFX because she's an S. Uh, she's a special effects makeup artist, so she actually changed her name to add SFX in her name. And then we have actress Nicole Vegas. And we're going to have a fun show tonight, but let's catch everybody up on what uh, we've all been doing. Matthias, we'll start with you. What's up? Uh, what have you been up to? Well, you know, just uh, working and wrestling, and I uh, just got a new CPAP machine that I tried out yesterday. And um, other than that, just training and prepping for my next uh, upcoming scheduled wrestling events. How's that CPAP for well, I tried the CPAP for the first night last night, and um, it's going to be very, very hard getting used to. Um, That's what I discovered. Yeah. It, uh, the, it, my, yeah. my biggest problem was that, uh, uh, obviously, it's a breathing issue for me. Yeah. And uh, uh, I had problems, uh, you know, trying to sleep for any more than two and a half, three hours, and uh, the CPAP machine they gave me did not help. I still only slept two and a half or three hours. Yeah. It was something else waking me up. Well, uh, you know, it takes some time to I get used up, to. Yeah, I ended up going through, uh, uh, what, two sleep studies so uh, in order to get one. Yeah, according... But, uh, be patient. Yeah, well, according to my doctor, um, as it's prescribed, I, I stopped breathing 80 times in an hour. Mine was 66. <laughs> yeah, like, I apparently I stopped breathing like 80 times in an hour. And I was under the severe sleep apnea, so they had me do a sleep test, yep. and they figured out my pressure. Well, I tried it last night, and, of course, I feel better. Um, I feel more awake and more alert, but it's just, man, that, that mask and having it stuck to your face, it feels like you're all, was, it, it feels like you got a squid problem. or an octopus attached to your face, yep. and you can't move it like well you're asleep and then you wake up and you feel like you're about to suffocate because you got something attached to your face now, now do you guys both have the the cpap machine where you guys go to sleep like maverick i do i actually have uh you know the a mask similar to that i got a mask it's similar a, to it's, it. it's kind of a uh, a reduced mask 
uh, it sits over your nose and mouth. Yep. And yeah. That's, that's, that's what mine is. Thing. Yep. Yeah. It's like going. It's like being a fighter pilot. I can't. I could not do that. One. I can't. Uh, I'm claustrophobic and I can't stand crap on my face. Yeah. Like it's like I said. I I actually talked to my doctor too. There's a apparently there's a surgery called Inspire, and what they'll do is they'll do an incision in your neck and then put a sensor on one of your nerves that moves your tongue. So when you turn it on with an app, it uh, will push your tongue forward so you won't, when you lay backwards, that your tongue won't go to the back of your throat. So it's basically doing CPAP, except it's no mask, no tubing, no machine, no nothing. Well, I'm going to say... Mine was the same problem, um, but what uh, I have always done to avert that would be to uh, lay on my side. Yeah. I sleep on my stomach or my side. I can't sleep on my back. No. Because that's what starts it. Yeah, I always lay on my side when I always lay on my side, and that seems to work. But I always yep. still stop breathing for some yep. reason. Same here. Same so, here. so that's why they they did the sleep apnea or the. God, we point. should all join a club there, Scott. <laughs> well, <laughs> I you know, know I, right? I'll tell you what. I used to have to have a CPAP machine until I dropped 200 pounds. Let me tell you this. Okay, Matthias, you said you stopped breathing how many times in an hour? Uh, between 80 to 90. Ken? Yeah, it was like 66, I think they said. You guys want to know how many times I stopped breathing in an hour? How many? 157. In an hour? In an hour. That's like what? Every, that's like two times a minute. Yep. Well, that's almost... Three times a minute. That's almost three. That's like one every 10, like 10 to 15, 20 maybe 20 seconds. Yeah, one every 20 seconds. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad, boys. Well, I know what happens with me, and it probably happens with you guys, too. When you fall asleep, you relax. Yeah. And then when you relax, uh, your body decides, well, I don't need as much air. Yep. Well, what happens then is you'll relax to the point where your automatic breathing thing says, okay, I don't need any, I'll shut off. Well, what happens then is your body has an automatic monitoring system yep. that monitors, I think it's uh, blood oxygen Yep, blood, uh, blood oxygen saturation, yep. yep. And when that gets down to like 8 or 10 or something like that, um, it will uh, wake you up. If it goes if, if it if it goes below like I think it was eighty five percent, then yeah. your brain starts to get affected. So then it yeah. wakes you up, so you get the blood, and, and then you fall back asleep. Yeah. He's saying, "Hello, breath, uh, yeah, lungs. <laughs> hey, we need some air down here. We're shutting. Please get we're, some air. We're about to shut down here, and you're about to you know kill over. Can you wake up? Yeah. Please wake up and then do some stuff to get some air in here. <laughs> Well, you know, you mentioned uh, when you fall asleep and you relax, unless yeah. you're Matthias, when you have 50 pin cushions in your back. Well, I mean, okay, well, that, yeah, I've had, well, I mean, when you've got all the pinholes. That would be different. Yeah. There's well, no relaxing there. No, I mean, when you're laying there with thumbtacks, like, well, at my last wrestling show, I wrestled under on about 500 Legos, and that, Legos. Was, uh, that was an interesting thing, yeah. Yeah, he was having a... Uh, so what, home Alone Kevin match. Something? You what? Did they actually build the Legos into something? No, I just I just filled I just pile of them. I just filled a red bag and just dumped them all out in the middle of the ring. And then laid on them. Yep. And then the kids uh, the kids went and grabbed them right after the match. They swarmed the ring and grabbed as much Legos as they could. Yeah, he was having a uh, <laughs> he was having the Home Alone Kevin versus Bandits match. Pretty much, except. I was the bandit since I was bigger, and, you know, my opponent was Kevin because he was so small. And I ended up going through a door. We wrestled on 480 Legos. We used 
a staple gun, kendo stick, trash can, canes, crutches, um, water bottles. Uh, we used the crowd where they chopped a few of us. We, we, we basically just, you know, beat the crap out of each other for a good half an hour, and the crowd was insane. And actually the funny part was, we were the main event, of course. It's the world title. It's a no-holds-barred mask versus title match. And all of a sudden, two days before the show, they decided to take us off the main event spot and put a tag team match right after us. So we were the co-main event or the main, the match before the main event, and we weren't happy about that. But we went out and did our match as normal, and we, we did what we were supposed to do. And then a third of the crowd actually left after the match. Really? Because I always tell people... And I told my promoter this, too. I'm like, dude, you you don't finish and then make love. You make love, you do your thing, you get to that point, then you have a smoke and a nap. Well, you are – they had their smoke and their nap with our match. They finished, they had their smoke and nap, and then you tried to give them something else that they just didn't want, so you, so you sent them away. It's like you build it up to that point, to that match. And when they took us out, a third of the crowd left, and I just had – and I just literally sat and watched them leave – because I'm like, yep. I mean, sometimes you got to exactly pay the consequences. You were right. You got to pay the consequences. And it, you're it, right. And, it, and, it, and, it, and like, it sucks to to, to hear to, to watch, but you know, when you take away the main event from the crowd that they're expecting, and they're so once you take the match that's most wanted and most viewed and most prepared for, once you take that and that match is done, then people are done. They don't want to watch the rest. There's some people will, but some people won't because like they're. When you go to a show, you want to see these certain people, and then like a lot of times, don't they usually like keep that till the end? Exactly you know, the to point. Like to, to build up the momentum exactly throughout the show. Exactly, like there was it was a regular tag team match for the inaugural tag team championships uh-huh. that they put in the main event, which I understand you're crowning new champions, but this is your world title in a mask versus title, no holds barred match. So, like, there's no rules. It's mass versus title for the world title. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're just like, nope, you're, you're going to be right after. You're going to be right before the main event. So once we did our match and we got out of the ring and how everything went down, then I just peeked around the curtain. I saw people leaving. I was like, well, you know, that, that stinks. So, I mean, I felt bad for the tag match because it didn't get much of crowd reaction because they, right. so, they were so built up and so tired. But, you know, I mean – I mean, it happened. We did our match. The crowd loved it, and that's all that really matters, I guess. I mean, that's what I was there for. I was not there to promote anybody else. I was not there to promote anybody else but me and my match. So. Well, anyway, I'm sure this is riveting for everybody. Our first guest is going to be calling in in about 13 minutes. We'll get this show on. A, did you ever find our theme song, by the way? I'm still looking. All right. I just don't know what happened to it. It's just like computers are wonderful things, and uh, they're great until – they mess up, and then they're they're your world's worst nightmare, you know. Right, right, right. Oh, wait a minute, that's Matthias. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or or some of the other people that have been on the show, like the debacle we had last week. We won't talk about that. Anywho, I guess basically what I, I'm trying to say is we love being on the air here every Monday night. Viewer. Viewership. Listenership is growing, not viewership. Not yet, anyway. Uh, can we eventually go to start doing the webcam again eventually? 
Uh, yeah, if you want, uh, it's actually uh, it's actually set up, but it's only it, I think it's only aimed at you. Well, yeah, well, well, we'll get it set up so uh, they can look at both of our handsome faces. Well, we'll work on that for next week. There, there is more stuff brewing on the horizon. Let's talk about this real quick, boys. Uh, we had a meeting with our director on Friday about the movie. Yeah, let's let's uh, define director here. Um, do, do we dare name names? Yeah. We can. Okay, uh, Rod Smith. Uh, Rod Smith. He's going to be uh, directing a. Uh, it's a horror film. The Legacy Possession. Yeah. Okay, and this is going to be what the first two parts. Uh, part Part three is already out yep. on Tubi, and you can actually see it up online. I think it's, you can stream it. Yep. Yep. Tubi, Amazon Prime, all that stuff. Yep. And uh, so he's going to be getting ready to film the first two uh, parts, and he wants to locate the film up here in Fargo. So, once again, Fargo, North Dakota is going to be home to a new film. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of interest we can generate. Um, and the but, film is being brought to you by 89.1 Ken's FM. Yeah, uh, he wants to work with us to uh, get the word out, and uh, we're more than happy to uh, oblige him and make sure that uh, we can do what we can to get, uh, uh, you know, to get the response that he needs to do his film so and also the funny thing matthias is uh he said uh you were the first person that actually did a crew uh a crew call drinking a, an adult beverage but we'll talk about okay. that later uh we need to take a quick little commercial break and uh which one you want uh let's uh let's go with the sponsorship and then our then we'll come back with our guests so give us uh come back here and uh we'll be uh, with our guests in uh in about 30 seconds go ahead Hello? Ladies and gentlemen, how are you? We are back right now. And let me turn up my headset a little bit. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is the woman of steel, ladies and gentlemen. Just ask her by her last name. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the lovely, the very talented, the big star of IMDb. She is Nadia Steele. Hey, this is Nadia Steele. You're listening to the Attitude Error Monday Live on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the Big Swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. There you go. Thank you. How are you, Nadia? Good Good to have you. Oh, it's great to be here. Um, I'm doing fine. How are you guys? Good. Uh, Well, we're going to be talking about your movie career and some other things. Uh, I'll ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and then come back to me. I'll ask you the tougher questions. But first off, we need you to give us a background about yourself. Um, Well, I am a theatrical actress that wound up leaving the business for about 25 years to start a family. And when I came back, um, I actually came back when COVID hit, 
so I was working um, on a project for a little show. Um, I was actually just doing background work at that point in time, um, right around COVID. And uh, I was working on Mayor of Easttown with HBO. Um, so everything kind of slowed down a little bit. And then um, I wound up um, hooking up with a, uh, you know, with a, um, a great, uh, basically a great journalist, great guy. Um, that wound up bringing me into a faction, um, which, uh, you know, is a wrestling faction, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal team. And um, I started picking up other roles with, uh, you know, with, with different gigs. And I've got a movie that's in post-production and, um, you know, or not post-production, pre-production, I'm sorry. And, um, you know, just uh, pretty much uh, getting back into the swing of things. But I am a pin-up model and I am a uh, burlesque model. And at 48 years old, I am proud to be able to do it. And I, well, when we come back to me, I'm going to ask you the pinup model questions and the, mm-hmm. uh, and the uh, actor stuff and the uh, all the other okay. good stuff that comes with being a burlesque dancer. We'll, 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 we'll talk about that stuff after we come back to me. But first off, I'm going to ask you a few okay. questions and we'll go over the nightmare and then he'll give you a nightmare, obviously, because that's his name. Okay. But okay. you have a... Uh, uh, I believe you have a upcoming project that you're involved in uh, uh, yes, with a friend of mine, uh, Scott, Hand, yes. Scott Hand. Is that true? The Black Kent? Yes, 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 The Black Tent. I am actually playing – I can't talk too much about it, but um, I am right. playing Cindy in The Black Tent. Um, the only thing that I can say is that it is an amazing, amazing script. Um, it's the first time that I've been given a script that I read the whole thing in one shot and I couldn't put it down. And that's all I can really say about it. But, um, no, Scott is an amazing talent. So I'm very, very excited to be playing this part. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, Scott will be with us next week. Yeah, to, uh, I, I did his, that. His, yeah, his third, his third appearance on the show. We're, we're, mm-hmm. by, the end of the, by the end of the year, I plan to get him up to, like, the 10-timers club. So that's, uh-huh. that's my goal. Now, is your character going to be spelled... S-I-N-D-Y or C-I-N-D-Y? C-I-N-D-Y, Cindy. Okay, perfect. All right. I, I thought it was like, you know, like the black tent, Cindy, whatever. But anyway, that's yeah. uh, neither here nor there. So now you also uh, are a wrestling ballet, correct? Or you? Yes, I am a wrestling ballet. Yes, I am now, a wrestling ballet for the Pitbull's Mad Dogs of War with our patriarch, uh, is Gary Wolf, and there is there's a lot of talent behind this faction. So um, you know, if you happen to look it up, um, again, it's Pitbulls, Mad Dogs of War, a lot of ECW originals, a lot of talent. Um, you know, just my utmost respect for everybody that is on that team. It is it's like a dream team. Uh, Nadia Steele's our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM. We got 25 minutes here with Nadia. So I, I'll tell you what, Nadia, I'm gonna. Uh, Introduce you to uh, my co-host. So, unfortunately, Granny's not with us tonight. She has she's okay. on temporary assignment. So okay. we're going to go right to the nightmare now. He was checking out your photos, and uh, uh-huh. he was like kind of drooling over your photos and everything. And uh, <laughs> he was uh, he's kind of looking for a new valet, and he was, wants to hire you to be a guest valet for his title shot coming up in the next couple months. And he's going to talk to you about that. So nightmare. Don't cause her a nightmare. What do you got for her? Go ahead. We got Nadia Steele. We got 24 minutes. Go ahead. Well, okay. first off, I just want to say Icon is filling in for his own mind, claiming he, I'm the one drooling because he's the one that's been <laughs> drooling and talking about you nonstop. 
But anyway, I okay. digress. So, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's okay. number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion, soon to be EWI Epic Champion and BZW World Tag Team Champion, Matthias. Welcome, awesome. to my, welcome to my part of the program. Oh, my God. Who the hell cares? You know, I like when Icon <laughs> wants to play all those sound effects for me. Um, it's not me. I see you pressing buttons. Let's not play games anymore. But anyway, uh, my part of the program, so everybody would just be quiet so I can talk, would be fantastic because nobody else interferes. Like, it, like, when, like when Granny talks, nobody <laughs> interferes. When, when Icon <laughs> talks, nobody interferes. But when I want to talk, everybody's got to include their little sound effects. But anyway... My main question okay. to you would be, I guess, first off, yes, would you like to valet the man from every woman's greatest dream when he becomes a champion yet again? And my second part would be, if you could choose, like if you were to go back in time and mm-hmm. they were to say you can only do one thing for your career, whether okay. it be burlesque dancing, whether it be acting, whether it be involved in wrestling, which would mm-hmm. you pick and why? And you can't say this show because it would be too easy. Um, actually, actually, I was a vocalist for 22 years. So, um, so yeah, so I would probably say vocalist. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was slated to go to the Philadelphia College for the, uh, for the performing arts at one given point in time. It's just, you know, different things with life. You, uh, um, you know, sometimes it takes curveballs. But, uh, yes, by, oh, yeah. by trade, I was a vocalist. So Okay. Well, that'd that'd no, be a good a choice, especially especially yeah, if you got I that talent. I was I was mainly I was mainly a theater actress. Um, so even when I transitioned over to uh, to film, because I've studied with uh, Weiss Baron and Ryan, great school. Um, but you know, I've I've studied with them, basically trans transitioning over from theater to film because it is a big difference. So um, you know, I'm I'm doing a little bit more with uh, with film these days than theater, but theater was my passion. Okay, interesting. Uh, Nadia Steele is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we have exactly 21 minutes here. So uh, okay. usually, like I say, when Granny's here, she gets a question and advice and me. But well, uh, you didn't get to you didn't let her answer if she'd be my valet for my upcoming title matches. I don't think you have yeah. enough money. <laughs> I'm the one that makes the money. Of, you're more than welcome to get a hold of me, and um, you know we can see what we can arrange. I'm the one that makes the money in the business, Icon. Well, you know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. She said you, that she said that you can get a hold of her, uh, and at least she'll probably take your phone calls. I know after tonight she won't take mine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so anyway, Donnie, let's let's. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions now about uh, some of the the past careers, and we'll talk about your movie career. Okay. Now you mentioned that you were a burlesque dancer and a pinup mm-hmm. model. Can mm-hmm. you explain to us for the for the listeners that wouldn't know, what is the difference between a burlesque dancer, a showgirl, and a stripper, if there is a difference? Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a big difference. Um, you know, burlesque was um, basically trans- transitioning out of vaudeville, um, you know, decades ago. Um, you know, it's just more or less, um, I don't want to say striptease. It was just more or less the, um, the how do I put this? Um the power of suggestion 
so to speak, uh, where they didn't exactly show everything, um, but it gave the illusion that they did. Uh, just think of more along the lines of Gypsy Rosalie, if you're familiar with any old, you know, you know, basically musicals and things like that. She was a burlesque dancer, and she would pretty much, you know, they they would strip down, but, you know, when it came to taking everything off, they were behind a curtain, so it was more or less the power of suggestion. Um, as far as being a pinup model, um, how do I put this one? Uh, I, I'm, I'm a little bit classier with it. If you were to see my pictures, and yes, I do have an OnlyFans page, um, but if you were to uh, see my pictures, um, yeah, did I say something wrong there? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just that, you know, as, as you know, as a pinup model, I can imagine that, uh, you know, back in the day you were like, uh, uh, Farrah Fawcett or Daisy Duke, you know, every red-blooded American had a picture of you up on their wall. Believe it or not, they wouldn't. Um, I wound up leaving, uh, just a little bit of my backstory, I wound up leaving, um, you know, the business probably about 25, 28 years ago. I wound up getting sick, and I had gained a lot of weight. So I just kind of left the, the entertainment business. Uh, it's a little bit different today uh, with people, you know, with body types and everything else. But when I was involved in it, everything was about image. So after I gained, of course, 100 pounds, I wound up leaving, you know, leaving the business. And then after being a mom, having three kids, everything, I wound up losing 100 pounds. And I got, I, I jumped back into things. So for about maybe I'd say a good 15, 20 years there, I didn't like, I didn't look like I do now. Um, and my big thing was getting back into modeling with pinup and everything else and even doing, you know, my OnlyFans, it's not smutty or anything like that, but I do, I do do topless. Um, but it was more of an empowerment thing at the age of 48 that a woman my age could still be and feel sexy and feel confident. And that was my whole purpose in doing what I was doing. So, um, you know, because we, we kind of get beat down in life. So uh, I am like at the second, I'm a middle-aged woman, but the second part of her life. And I just feel very blessed that, um, you know, that I can, I can do these things. So, uh, you know, I hope if anything, it's an inspiration to, uh, to women out there and you know people ask me well do you have a problem with topless and i said oh you know no not really because you know everybody's got them and you know some guys are bigger than mine so um you know <laughs> it's just I mean, let's face it so um it was more like an empowerment thing it was just getting back uh to being me and um trying to encourage other women not so much into doing what i was doing but to feel confident about the confident about themselves and to feel sexy in their own skin and you know, that's pretty much where I was going with this. And for those of you who have never seen Nadia Steele, she has got uh, the biggest blue eyes in the business. <laughs> yeah, they, they're, they're a blessing and a curse at times. Yeah, they're, they're like that blue-gray. I inherited them, so, you know, from my grandfather. I was very lucky in that aspect. So, you, you know, you only have – but I know that as of right now, you only have eyes for us. Oh, yes, Definitely. You know, so but we, we, we talked a little bit about Black Tent, and I know we can't really go much into detail on that because of uh, – I know it's going to be a great production. Uh, like I say, Scott mm-hmm. yeah. Hand is a great guy, and he's a, he's a great friend of mine. So yes. when you He's a great writer. You, I mean, we just, we just had our table read, and I mean, um, I was just blown away. I, and, again, I can't say too much about it. It's just when it comes out, I definitely – it's definitely a must-see. I mean, Scott is just absolutely a great writer. He is a great director, loves feedback from the people that are in his productions, um, you know, always open to suggestions, uh, very fair. Uh, just I, I can't say enough good things about him. He really is a great guy and this amazing talent. He really is. 
Hey, you know, guys, uh, hey, Matthias, let, let's let's have a little fun here. Uh, you know, the movie is The Black Tent. We're going to have Scott Hand on the show next week. Let me ask you this. Do you guys think that I would uh, do like I normally do and try and beg him for a role in the film? You, that's not my call. You know, that's not my call. But, I mean, you can always ask Scott. I mean, he's got, you know. I mean, it's, it's just, every probably... single guest you try to get extra work, and sometimes you succeed, and sometimes <laughs> you don't. You never know. Well, the last couple of times, I think you succeeded. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. Every, every time. You've been on the air here, what, an hour? Uh, an hour. <laughs> you've been on the air here, what, a year? Two, two years, years. Two years. Two now. years. Yep. That entire time, that entire two-year time, I think every single show that you've had a guest like that on, you've begged for a job, and you finally got one. Right. Now, now do you have a question <laughs> for Nadia? No. No. No, okay. All right. Sorry. Uh, that's uh, that's our uh, esteemed owner, uh, Ken Bartz, uh, of Bartz okay. Engineering, and uh, okay. the namesake for the station. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's being kind of shy. I mean, we're looking at your picture right now, and it, it's you're, you're beautiful. And well, you knew that already. Thank you. But when you when you you, you know you said you took a, a 25 year hiatus off and you came back yes. during COVID, what what mm-hmm. was it like being when when you when you made that decision? Did you know that you're going to be away that long? No, actually, I did not. I um, as, as fate has it, I wound up. Um, I, I, had, I was recently on the heels of a divorce at that time, and um, I actually moved out on my own and went back into the business, started doing, like, everything literally the weekend that they shut everything down, which would have been March 14th of 2020. So, no, I had no clue that I was going to be, you know, um, I was going to be out of it as long as I, as I was because I also work different conventions as well. And um, I work behind the scenes on different conventions, and it shut down the conventions. It's, it shut down movie sites. It, it literally just shut down everything. So, um, you know, here I was coming back into everything, you know, with all these high hopes and uh, these dreams and, you know, ambitions, and it was just, it was just a brick wall. So, um, you know, I'm very, very grateful for everybody that everything's opening back up now and, you know, um, you know, conventions are back on and um, people are filming again and there's, there's, um, it, it's just life's going on now, you know, and it's, it's proceeding as it should. So, uh, but yeah, I had no well, you clue know, that it was going to be like needless that. Needless to say, needless to say though, I, I do believe that COVID is in the rear view mirror. Yeah. I mean, it, it's know. never going to go away, but I believe no. it's in the rear view mirror. It's, it's it'll, uh, coming up in March, the the like you said, the 16th of March, it'll be three years mm-hmm. since it started. So I, exactly. I think we're I think we're away from it, which is a good thing. Now, for those of you who listen to our show from time to time, know that if you go to our our Facebook page, Attitude Air Monday Live Monday, you like that, go to 89.1 Ken's FM page, like that, do a ten dollar month donation to Power of the Tower, you'll get qualified to win a autograph from past guests, current guests, or future guests. Uh, Nadia, I, I I don't know if you can, but would you be one to send us a few for giveaways? Oh, that's no problem. I actually have them sitting on my I have them sitting on my dining room table right next to other things that I have to uh, I have to send out along with um, I got to get my I, I got to get on the ball here because I just uh, I don't know if they put it if you had seen it, but we just started a um, a podcast um, which is on the yes. um, hardcore the the hardcore graveyard. I'm actually on. Hardcore horror with Jason Knight and Nadia Steele. So um, yeah, I've got a bunch of autographs that have to go out that are mine and, and Jason's. So I better I better get them out. 
So, um, so yeah, this week I will, uh, I will definitely send them out to you and you guys can do what you need to do, you know, with them. And, you know, I hope you, I hope you like them. Do you, do you guys need a guest? What's that? Um, we actually, what we wind up doing, we, we will have different guests from time to time. Um, we pretty much review, uh, indie films and obscure films that, um, you know, that are like seventies, eighties, nineties. I think one of the, one of the biggest problems with, uh, with Hollywood today is that everything's like on a rewind. Everybody's remaking this and remaking that. And that's why and there I are no such, original ideas. Exactly. No, that's why I am such a fan of, of indie films. And I, I'll be honest with you at this point in my life and this stage of the game, um, I would rather take on the indie films than something that was mainstream because I think that the creativity for these indie, these indie writers, these indie, you know, film filmmakers, um, it's just all these original ideas that you normally just would not, you know, you wouldn't see in, in mainstream, um, just like Scott's. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal. It's going to be a phenomenal movie, you know, phenomenal storyline to it. It's just not something that you would, you would see in the mainstream because they're remaking everything. I mean, they're remaking Lost Boys and they're remaking, I mean, you name it, they're just remaking it. So, um, you know, I, I really enjoy the whole indie circuit because again you've got creativity and um that's what i'm i'm all about creativity uh nadia steals our guest here on 89.1 kins fm we got 10 minutes left with nadia and i wish it were 10 more years but now the <laughs> reason why i asked about if you if you if, if i could be a guest and matthias uh yeah. matthias and i are going to be part of an independent film directed by rod smith called the legacy okay. possession okay and uh, part three is already out uh, of the legacy is already out mm-hmm. on Tubi and Prime Video and uh, several other streaming services. And mm-hmm. uh, Matthias and I are going to be in uh, part one and hopefully part two. Now I'm going to okay. ask you if you could give us some advice mm-hmm. on when uh, we uh, how to approach this when we're on set, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. If you could give us some advice from your experiences. When you're on set, um, basically, if you have a handler, listen to your handler. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna direct you every which way that you need to go. Um, your director is key because he is the one with the vision. Um, you know, just like even when I talk to Scott, you know, it's just basically what kind of it, it's basically talking to him about what vision we we both have for this for this character. And um, you know, again, when you're dealing with um, you're dealing with the writers, you're dealing with the directors. They already have in mind what they were looking for. That's why they had chosen you, uh, because you fit that bill. Uh, just, again, just basically follow your director's lead, because at the end of the day, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, that's going to be – it, it's his vision that you're looking for. A good director is going to take you – take, like, your input into consideration, but at the end of the day, it's his final call. Uh, you stay good with your director, they bring you back for more projects. So Now – let me ask you this about, you know, I've, I've, I've asked uh, a couple other actors and actresses this question, and I'm sure mm-hmm. our listeners are tired of me asking this, but I want to get your take on it. But first off, you know, uh, Scott Hand, would you, would you consider him a visionary director? Oh, I definitely would. You know, if this is the first project that I'm working on with Scott, and I do hope that I am, I am, um, I'm able to work on future projects as well. But uh, again, and and it's hard because like I have read the script and, you know, I I can't say what's in the script, but um, with it being written, I mean, 
the way he wrote it and the storyline that's behind it, um, it's just entertaining from beginning to end. So um, it's one of those few things that I, I started reading it and I did not put it down until I was finished because I had to, I had to find out what happened at the end. So yes, I would definitely say that he is a phenomenal storyteller. Um, he has this vision that is just phenomenal and I, I can't wait to be part of it. And I can't wait to see this, the, the finished product. The finished product is just going to be amazing. And I already know it's going to be amazing. Now let's say, let me ask you this. And I'm going to ask about, uh, uh, set etiquette. Let's say mm-hmm. that I beg and plead for uh, Scott to give me a role in the movie, and I'll even mm-hmm. I'll even beg Matthias because uh, I know that he's got an ego and he'd be perfect. But mm-hmm. uh, well, Ken, I'll try and get you in there too. Uh, yeah, let's say that uh, I beg and plead for Scott to to give me a role in the in the movie. He he grants mm-hmm. it, and we're on the set together, and I run up yeah. to you. And say, uh-huh. Nani, it's me, it's the icon. How are you? Blah, blah. Would you would you recommend not doing that on any set, or how <laughs> how should how should a person approach that if they see someone that they've been wanting to work with, well, for, for a long time? How how should we approach that on set? Uh, well, speaking as a, I, I've been a background actor as well, so. Um, Let's start there. If you're a background on this big production, like for HBO, and you wind up seeing Kate Winslet standing there because you're a mayor of Easttown, I would not recommend running up to her, Jean Stapleton, and like giving them this great big hug. When you're on an indie set, um, as long as there's no filming, um, you know, and it's me, uh, by all means, run up to me. I'm going to give you a hug right back. You know, it's a little bit more laid back, I think, but. Um, but, yeah, as far as, uh, yeah, with me, you're fine. I don't know about everybody, but, you know, me, you're fine. I'm, I'm, I'm no different than anybody else. I'm just your average girl that you see on the street. All right, so here's what I'm going to ask. This is what <laughs> I'm going to do, guys. Here's my strategy. Scott's going to come on next week. I am going to beg him for a role. As a matter of fact, <laughs> what, how, how, would you, how would you think he would take it if I had to even send him a few bucks, kind of like a, a bribery thing? I have no clue, but I mean, <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> so it's something you have to take up with Scott. lessen your qualifications. <laughs> so, Nadi, here's what I'm going to ask you. I, I, I know you. I know you're busy. I know you're a busy woman. I know you're a busy actress. Here mm-hmm. is what I'm going to ask you. Either okay. if you could call in next week when Scott's on, or okay. listen. I'm going to beg for that role, and if I get okay. it, and we're on set together. You gotta uh-huh. keep your promise. I am gonna run up and give you the biggest hug you ever had. How about I'll do this? You can give me a great big hug, and I'll give you a great big kiss on the cheek. Hey, it, it, hey, that's recorded. That's recorded. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with hugs. Hugs are great. Hugs are great. A I love human hugs. sign of affection. <laughs> if you uh-huh. can get a hug, that means there's affection involved, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there we go. So we got uh, we got uh, Naughty Steels, I guess. Here we got uh, five minutes left, and uh, we're, we're we're just having a, we're just having a good time. Uh, so we so we don't forget this. If uh, if our fans want to check you out and see, do you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? Okay, I have number one my Facebook page, which is Nadia Steele. Um, you can find me on there. Uh, you can also find me. I just, I literally just opened up my Twitter account, and that would be under Nadia Steele as well. I do have an Instagram. Everything's under Nadia Steele. And I do have an OnlyFans page, which is free to subscribe, and that would be OnlyFans, and that would be slash Nadia Steele. 
Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. Here, are, are, what, what are oh, you doing next also, Monday night? You can also see me each week on Thursdays on the Hardcore Graveyard um, on Hardcore Horror with Jason Knight and Nadia Steele. So, and Jason Knight, he's one of he's he's part of our team, and um, he's an ECW original. So, um, All right. you know, like I get to work with I get I get to work with the sexiest man on earth. So that's what he was billed as. So when are it, we working fun. together? I have. <laughs> yeah, I've, now, I have a lot of fun never. on that podcast. I I really really have a lot of fun on that podcast. So um, you know, I'm I'm, so, I'm pretty much playing. You know, he's the straight man to my um to my comic release, I guess. Well, I'll tell you what. How about this? It, uh, I, I, we, uh, you know, I, I booked you uh, as a guest for the show uh, August uh, 11th uh, this past <laughs> summer. The day before and my birthday. Exactly. And uh, I figured the best birthday present to give you was uh, have you be a guest on our show. If yeah. you're free Monday, ne- if you're free next week, would you call in and uh, talk to Scott? Yes, with us? I can do that. I can, I can definitely right. do that. <laughs> All right, so when he's on, I'll, I'll I'll send you a message on Messenger on when to call in, and we'll just kind of have uh, we'll just kind of have a party, and okay. uh, Matthias will be on the outside looking in. Okay. <laughs> no problem. All right. All right. So uh, we got uh, we got uh, uh, twenty. Uh, well, we got two minutes here left with you, one hundred and twenty seconds, and uh, okay. you have been awesome and great, and I guarantee by the end of the year, if we, we haven't made you upset or whatever i think by the time this year's over we're going to get you to become the five-timers club as well okay awesome well i'll tell you what nadia you have been so wonderful and i am going to do everything in my power to get a role in that movie so we're on set together uh okay and what i'd like to do is have someone there like filming it the kiss the hug Mm -hmm. everything and then maybe okay. we can you you and I could do a remake of what was that movie? Uh, uh, what was it? You got mail or Sleepless in Seattle? That could be the start of that movie. Or we can you and I together can remake Pretty Woman. I'll be Richard Gere. Oh. You can be my Julia Roberts. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't have to dress like a prostitute, though, right? No, just a burlesque dancer. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I got plenty of laundry. Right. We're good. Cool. Well, cool. Uh, we'll talk about that later. I'll tell you what, Nadia, thank you so much for joining us. You are so wonderful, and you are awesome. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, we'll, thank you guys for having we, me. And I will uh, send you a message uh, next week when to uh, call in with us uh, for Scott's appearance, and we'll have you on several times if uh, if that works for you. Oh, that's no problem. Just let me know. Give me like a week or two advance notice, and we're good to go. Awesome. Thank you, Nadia. You are wonderful. Take care. Be safe out there. Thank you. You too. Take care, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Nadia Steele, ladies and gentlemen, that was awesome. And uh, you notice how everybody with last name Steele has something to do with burlesque, like uh, what was that, from Fifty Shades of Grey? Um, Anastasia Steele. So anyway, that whatever. Uh, we are next chance to wait in the wings. We need to take a quick little commercial timeout. We will be back after these messages. Stay with us. All right, and hey, if you have uh, if you have a lot of snow in your driveway and you need it cleared up immediately, they are the people to call. Am I right, Ken? They helped you out. 
they are uh, online with us, and every time that I have called them, excuse my voice, um, I don't have one of these big 50-year-old mugs here to drink water out of. Um, <clears throat> they were phenomenal in uh, getting everything cleared out, and they did it like within hours after I called them. So they're very speedy and they're very thorough. Uh, they not only cleared as much of the driveway as they could get, but they also did all the sidewalks. And I have yet to get a note from the post office now saying that they won't deliver my mail because they can't get through the sidewalk. Uh, yeah, elevated snow removal. They also handle, uh, I think it's concrete work, basement yep. work, and uh, roofing. They'll also, uh, if you have a leaky roof, they'll take care of that too. Awesome. So, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. Coming in right now, she is the queen of special effects makeup. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one and only. There ain't another one. She is Nicole D. Livid. Hello. Hey, Nicole, how are you? Hey, this is Nicole D. Livid. You are listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Kins FM. With your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. All right. How are you, Nicole? Good to have you. I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Uh, here's how we're going to do this. Uh, we're, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Uh, unfortunately, Granny's not with us tonight. She's on temporary assignment away from the station tonight, but... Uh, we do have the, the Modern Nightmare Matthias, and some of your makeup might help uh, improve his looks. We'll talk about that later. But uh, what I'm going to do is I'll ask you a few questions, then we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. But first off, if you could give us a little background about yourself and what you do, and then we'll have some fun. Okay, awesome. So what I do is I'm mainly a special effects out, artist out at Silo of Screams um, in Temple, Texas. And then I do some side work for different projects and mainly just a haunt actress with special effects makeup on the side for the haunted house. That's awesome. And uh, Matthias is going to ask you a lot of stuff about that, but we'll get to him in a little bit. So first off, when you when you got into the SFX makeup, where how did you start? Where did you get your start that uh, you uh, that this was something that you wanted to do? And uh, how how did you know that uh, you'd be, you'd be good at it? Okay, so in my early twenties, there was a TV show called Face Off. And I got really into that show, and I learned a couple of techniques, so I started doing it um, in my early 20s here and there. And then in about 2018, I got hired on with the Haunted House out here and um, asked if I could do makeup for them and started doing it, and I turned out to be really good at it, actually. That's awesome. And I'm guessing that Halloween at your place is pretty fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely, 110%. What is your favorite part about doing SFX makeup, besides making people look either completely great, completely bad, or almost dead? 
So my favorite part is just the creative aspect, coming up with an idea and seeing it through from start to finish and just watching it all really come together and just kind of really seeing what you can come up with and your capabilities. When you And then when you are doing the SF, uh, SFX makeup, if I can say that, no one can say that five times fast, I guarantee it. Do you have your do you have your own makeup kit or do the actors bring their own when you do their makeup and do they oh. say do it do it like this, do it like this, or do you give suggestions and they listen to you? Basically what is it like when you're putting powder and paint on another actor or yourself? So I have too much makeup. It's insane really. Um so I bring my own kit and then um, I ask for their ideas, their input, and then I kind of build off of that with, you know, what I'm envisioning also. Um, but most, like, if it's side work, you know, they'll come at me with an idea, and then I'll build up on it and see their dream through or see what, what kind of monster or kind of thing they want and see it through for sure. And what is the longest ever period that you've been in a makeup chair or you've had somebody in a makeup chair doing makeup work? Oh, my gosh. So it's really um, quite funny. So I had a burlesque dancer actually hit me up to do a prosthetic breast for her. She wanted to be the three-boobed lady for a circus kind of like event thing that she was doing. And that was actually one of the longest makeups um, that I had to do. That actually took me some time to get it to actually stay properly and everything. Awesome. Is there is there ever been somebody that you did makeup for? I'm going to ask a few more questions and we'll go to the nightmare. Is there anybody okay. that you did makeup for that you just like, I cannot believe I'm doing makeup for this individual. This is awesome. Um, I have not had that moment yet, but I am excited to have that moment. It's kind of building up pretty quickly for me. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you be want to, want to answer this, but is there anybody that you'll never want to do makeup for again? At this moment, no. But I'm sure there will be at some point. You know what I mean? But at this moment, no. That's awesome. I'll tell you what, we need to uh, take a quick little time out here and uh, do a quick little legal thing, and then we'll be right back. Stick with us. And we are back, and we are on 89.1 Kids FM. we got... Uh, the Nicole D. Livid, the greatest FXX makeup artist in history. We're going to go to the – I'm going to introduce you to uh, the Nightmare Matthias. Now, he loves his horror film, and keep the language better than you did last week. Got it? All right, so he's going to ask you a few questions, and not you, him. Uh, so what do you got, Nightmare? Go ahead. Well, I would say Icon basically took all my questions um, from you today, so – um, I'm just trying to think of one here on the fly while I do my little thing. So, yes, you are talking to the man 
from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion, soon to be EWI Epic Champion, and BZW World Tag Team Champion, Matthias here. Welcome to my part of the program. Um, yeah, like I said, Icon basically took all the uh, oops, took all the questions that I really kind of had for you. But uh, one of my, I guess, one that I could kind of think of was, oh, man, I'm trying to think. Uh, who was one of your uh, idols growing up that got you into doing SFX makeup? What was one of your, your role models that you looked up to? And was there one that you, like, kind of wanted to – mimic in a way or try to reach their level anything like that so um actually i cannot think of her name off the top of my head but the lady that did the beetlejuice makeup you know all her makeup has always turned out amazing in every movie that she's ever done like she probably has to be one of the top faves because uh one of my favorites and i like to talk about him uh quite frequently since, yes, Icon did mention that I am a big horror movie fan, is uh, Tom Savini. He was one of my favorite uh, SFX artists and stuff like that because my favorites for him, of course, you've got Jason and stuff like that, but i got to say one of my favorites for him is his zombie stuff from the um, uh, Romero zombie films. Like like the stuff that you could do for that kind of stuff is just absolutely insane. (laughs) It is amazing. It really is. It truly is amazing work that he does. Absolutely. And then I guess I'll, I guess I kind of came up with another one. Is there one kind of like, um, what was one of your um, favorite makeups that you've gotten to do? Like, like you looked at it and you go, man, that looks really good. Like, was there one, like, what's one that you're extremely proud of that you got to do? I would have to say probably the candy cane in the eye look that I did where it looked like it just went straight through the eye socket. That would probably have to be one of my favorites. And it was just a little bit of, like, special effects putty, just built an eye and then built up and put a candy cane through it. It was amazing. It turned out pretty cool. And then, um, if I'm not mistaken, you have acted in haunts before, correct? Like haunted houses and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. What so is what, what is what is one of your favorite uh, memories of being inside of a haunted house and scaring somebody? What was one of your favorites? Because I got a story to tell when you're done. Uh, so um, one year I was hopping across this metal table, scaring the life out of everyone and I had scared uh, this dad and daughter duo and he jokingly said here take the kid so I reached out to the kid and was like gimme 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 you know I imagine that little girl had nightmares for years after that oh yeah um well my story was I was in uh, when I lived in Bismarck another our state capital here in North Dakota I had taken uh, my girlfriend at the time and this couple that was dating one of my good friends and one of her good friends, we took them to, uh, for our, uh, haunted or no, um, uh, what the heck's it called? Link, uh, Ford Lincoln, I believe is what it's called. And they do a haunted, uh, fort and attraction there, uh, every year. And what happened was my buddy, uh, he has cerebral palsy, so he can't walk correct. He can't really walk all that well. He trips a lot or he falls frequently when he walks 
but we were walking through this maze of clowns, and he absolutely can't stand clowns. They are his terror. He can't watch it, whatever the case may be. He's a, I forget the phobia of clowns right now, but he is a very strong, uh, his very strong phobia of clowns. And we got through the maze. We got through the house because it's uh, individual houses, uh, one theme here, one theme here, the next one. Well, we got all the way down. We got through the clown house, and outside there's this deck with, like, I'd say about 10 to 15 steps on it. And then you got to walk to the next thing. Well, him and his girlfriend at the time, they just get out of the house. We're at the bottom of the hill, kind of. And this clown with a chainsaw sneaks up behind them and revs up the chainsaw. He screams and tumbles down all 20 steps. And, of course, he can't run. So his girlfriend's holding on to him at the time, and they go straight down the steps. I run up the hill, have to pick him up, and carry him to the next to the next room because because the clown got down the steps and he was just freaking out like I had to laugh but I was like I felt kind of bad for him but at the end you know he had fun but um I guess before uh I guess uh before I got one more thing have you heard of a specific haunt called McCainy Manor yeah I wouldn't even call that a haunted house really Mm. but yeah yeah, like I, I, I just watched uh, some documentaries on it, and I was going to talk to Icon about this before we went to our first guest. But man, like they call that a haunt, but like I like what like I think that's like really messed up. That like if if you're squeamish, don't look stuff about that up. But like, what is your opinion compared? Like what is like what is your opinion compared to like a haunted house that you would do versus like McCamey Matter? Like how would you? Because they call it a haunt, but I don't think it is in my opinion. No, that's a torture chamber. I mean, like, you can go through haunted houses and sign waivers where the actors can touch you and throw stuff at you and everything. But, I mean, they, like, remove your teeth, right? Yeah, like, there's some events that, like, because they allow you to do, like, once you sign the waiver, they can do legitimately, like, anything to you. And it's, like, I think, like, that's, like, that's just taking it too far. Like, they call it a haunted house, but it, isn't it's it's literally a torture chamber yeah i've read where they just like inject people with random chemicals and just random things in general really legal oh it's legal like i was going to talk to you about it it's legitimately so what happened is there's a house called mckinney manor and what it is it's basically like you test yourself you test your your strength and your mind and you test everything like you you sign this waiver it's a 40 page waiver and you go into this manor, and there's this guy who runs it, and these actors, they call them. And once you step in there and you sign it, they beat you up. They shave your head. They pull your teeth. They basically, it's like a, it's a torture chamber. And you put yourself through it to see if you can manage it. And what they claim is if you can survive 10 hours in McKinney Manor, you win $20,000. Well, that would be and a negatory it- for me. Sorry. That's I think there I was, like, was actually a person that made it almost to that time, and then they ended up not getting paid for it because exactly. they, but they did was, something of a nut. Yeah, it was like they, they, I think they got within eight hours, I think they were like maybe an hour or two left of surviving McKamey Manor, and they took him out because they made up some, you know, excuse for it. But I'm like, like I, I watched documentaries last night about it, and it just like that is legitimately – 
it, 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 it's legit a horror movie. Like you, you literally put yourself in a horror movie. And it's, it's like, really they call that, yeah, they call it a haunted house. They call it a haunt and it's just, it's extreme. So like when I, like, it's just, it's crazy. The stuff they do. If you, if you want to look up stuff like that, do it. But if you're squeamish and you get easily scared, don't it's, it's freaky. Right. And it's affected and, uh, the haunted houses and everything. It's kind of shaping other haunted houses and what people are allowed to do and not do. You know, it's having a very negative effect through and through. Exactly. That's what I, that's what I was kind of coming to. Because it's like I've never actually been to a haunt where they get to touch you and throw stuff at you. I've never really interacted with those. Just because I really haven't anybody that wants to come with. But, like, have you ever gotten to, you know, do one of those? I have not worked in a haunt where I can be hands-on. And any haunt, you can throw things at people, and it's okay. I wouldn't recommend it because customers, you know, get very angry with you and will react, you know. But I have never been in a hands-on haunt. You know, the the only time I'd ever do anything like that is if I was remaking Fifty Shades of Grey, but that's a story for another time. No, that's one thing. They can't even, like, that's not even close to that. It's literally, they beat you up. They could. They can literally. They can cause cuts, bruises. They literally just beat you up and just torture you to the point where you're only pushing yourself, and only right. to the extreme moments. Like you could be sitting there having a panic attack and screaming, "You want out!" But in the waiver, you have to accept that if you start screaming, "I want out," they won't let you out, and they continue until you literally, until they think it's medically necessary that you can get out, and then you can't do anything about it yeah, legal-wise. Right. Like it's, and it's, they say it's, that they have a safety word that you can use, but they don't always let that work either. Yeah, that's very true. They, they like I said, they, uh, I think it was one story that um, somebody used the safe word three or four times before the actors let up. Like, it's just, it was insane. Like, as again, we were comparing that to other forts. Like that is just to the. That, I just wanted to talk to you about that because that's legitimately insane, and I didn't know if you heard of it. So, uh, Nicole, yeah. uh, Nicole Delivered is our guest here, and we're on eighty-nine point one Ken's We got eleven minutes uh, before we go to Ken and uh, have him ask a couple questions. Uh, one thing I do want to ask you, and uh, the fear of clowns is called uh, the phobia is called chlorophobia uh, is what it's called. And you mentioned that makeup artist. Were you talking about B. Neal? So sorry, you broke out. Say that one more time. Now, were, were you talking about the makeup artist B. Neal from, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Beetlejuice. Was it B. Neal yes, that you were talking yes. about? Yeah, yes, I, I'm working on getting her as a guest on our show. And one other question I'm going to ask before we go to Ken. Uh Matthias and I uh, are going to be in a movie coming up, and I know they're going to be looking for a special effects makeup artist. What would you charge uh, to come out and be part of that? What do you charge somebody to be part of that? I mean, it's just depending on what they're looking for and how like much makeup they're looking for. But I'm going to tell you that I'll probably charge cheaper than other people in the area around Austin and all that. That's awesome. Hey, now, uh, our, our radio station uh, owner, Ken, is on here with us, and he wants to ask you a couple questions unless Matthias got us fired. What do you got, Ken? Go ahead. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for uh... Uh, joining us here this evening, and 
uh, Icon always gives me such great kudos, you know, as being the station owner or whatever. Uh, this has been a dream of mine that I uh, uh, finally was able to realize. So I really don't get the ego involved. I'm providing a service. I, I but, know working with me is a dream, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, the real the real thing we have for you, Nicole, is I have kind of a uh, a technical question uh, when it comes okay. to applying yeah applying makeup. Uh, there was a movie that really grasped me uh, a while ago. It came out in Halloween in 2016. It's an Australian film called Boys in the Trees. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that at all. There was a Australian actor called uh, Gulliver, Gulliver McGrath, sorry about that, um, that uh, they had uh, him dressed up with just basically a, um, uh, a facial makeup, a facial makeup of uh, uh, just uh, kind of a white, gray, pasty color for the face. And then, of course, the eyes were subdued in black. Um, can you kind of describe how they would have applied that? Is that like sprayed on? Is it layered? Uh, would you put the uh, the base on first for the white uh, gray uh, face color and then do the eyes, or how? Can you kind of reiterate to us how so something I like that is put together? That they would probably have used the airbrushing machine for sure to oh. lay most of that effect. Um, and yeah, you would you know, lay the whiter, light color, and then at point, do the eyes, and then, like, at the very finishing blending touches, you would come back and kind of layer the last few tops. But I'm pretty sure that it's going to be most definitely an airbrushing on the first couple of layers. Absolutely. It was very captivating, the look. And uh, even though you could see the real facial features of the person, it completely transformed the personality of the person, oh, and I'm sure that was that was uh, uh, that was the intent. But uh, it was very smooth, and you know it didn't look like it was blotched with a paintbrush or anything like that. So uh, oh, that's yeah, what, that's where I came up with the uh, airbrush type uh, thing. Oh and that's yeah, cool. that's definitely it. Is that very common? Uh, it is very common and it's very tedious doing airbrushing work very very tedious but um i mean it has a better better smoother effect to it it just kind of really depends on what you're going for in your vision okay because how long so i would uh-huh how long do how you, long? you yeah how long do you estimate it would take uh to complete uh something like that with airbrush technique? Oh, um, it just really depends on the drying, but it shouldn't be over an like an hour to see it through and through, um, especially if there's no prosthetics on the character. Right, and there wasn't. Uh, well, I guess there was like a face mask that he wore, uh, which is kind of a cool face mask. It was a backlit, a red backlit face mask, but he would put take it on and take it off throughout the movie, and uh, oh, wow. um, the, um, the the makeup that he had on uh, was not continuous through the whole movie. So chances are, oh, wow. you know, they had to take it off and put it on several times. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I couldn't see it taking 
Hey, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but, the, the, you know, you were talking about a haunted house earlier. Did you guys hear about the haunted house that was at that campsite? It was totally intense. No. <laughs> I have you get not. it? It was, it was at a campsite? Yeah. It was totally intense? You know, Scott, that's kind of like some of the engineering jokes that I have, you know. They are so dry that they make you want to, you know, go and grab something to drink. Um, I don't know. If I say this joke, you probably empty that glass of water that you've got over there. But uh, uh, So is it is it drier than a martini? Uh, well, I've never had a martini. Actually, my favorite drink is a margarita. I don't know if that means anything or not. But. So, Nicole, I don't even drink much anymore. That's the good. I deliver the stuff, but I don't yeah. drink very much anymore. Well, that's the same here. I don't. I, you know, I think in the last month I've had one or two margaritas. Yeah. It's been at Mexican restaurants. What's that about? You know. <laughs> but, uh, but I was going to say, uh, uh, we got about it, five minutes. Yeah, it, it follows along kind of like the uh, the George Carlin routine of jokes, where uh, you know if you have uh, 23, uh, 24 odds and ends on a table, and 23 fall off. What do you got left? An odd or an end? That's funny. <laughs> okay, the other one is more of an engineering joke. You realize that uh, when engineers get old, they don't, uh, they don't die. They live forever. It's just that they do it with less frequency. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> I hope that's okay. Well, uh, well, you make the rules on the station here, so does the FCC. But anyway, we have uh, we have Nicole D-Limit as our guest here, and we are on 89.1 Ken's FM. And real quick here so we can do this, if our fans want to check you out and see you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, what do you got? I have TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook under Nicole D-Limit, SFX. Awesome. And if we... Uh, if we could get you tapped in to be part of that film that we're going to be on, we that would be awesome. That would uh, take care of the uh, SFX makeup uh, dilemma that we'd have. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would definitely be in for that. What do you guys think? Uh, she can make us all look good? Oh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Uh, um, if she knows the uh, airbrush you, uh, technique for uh, uh, you know face painting and all of that, uh, there are some really awesome... Uh, uh, you know, results that you can get out of that. And uh, if oh, she definitely. imparts that, uh, that'll be pretty awesome. That's awesome. And, and uh, so we can do this here real quick. If uh, our fans want to check you out, uh, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter. We already Twitch. did that. Did I do that? We oh, already did oh, that. Shoot, I'm sorry. Shoot, I missed it. Sorry. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so... Uh, last question here. We got uh, we got about two minutes left here. For those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era Monday Live Monday, you like that. You go to eighty nine point one Kent's FM page, like that. Do a ten dollar month donation to Pilot Tower. You get automatically qualified to win a autograph from past guests, current guests, and future guests. Nicole, would you be willing to send us a few for giveaways? Absolutely, I will definitely do that. Absolutely. And there's one other thing I was going to ask you. On a, on an average year, how much do you spend on makeup? So I have been really fortunate because the owner at my haunted house has provided me with most of my makeup. 
But, I mean, if I were to buy my whole complete kit alone, I'd probably spend a good $700, a year on kits. I can, I can just I can just imagine what your your bathroom's like. You walk in there, then there's like a part of a table like with lipstick, and then you got your powder, and then you got your foundation, and then you got your eyeshadow and this. So and that's that. the dining room. Oh, that's your. I have it all set up in my dining room with my normal makeup, and then half of it's all my special effects makeup and equipment. I just kind of imagine it as you would walk into this room and you'd have, you know, your standard makeup for eyeshadow and all that sort of stuff. And then there would be, there would be this mirror with a handle on it. You would open it up like a door and there'd be gobs and gobs of extra uh, makeup that you would use for on set. Is that about it? Oh, uh, it's about right. It's actually a couple of bookshelves and a bunch of plastic shelving covered with a little extra blood because that stuff gets everywhere. <laughs> well, that's awesome. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, you you have been awesome, and we uh, we do love you, and we thank you so much for being with us. And uh, we will definitely thank have you. you on again, and I will uh, get you in touch with our director, and uh, we'll see if we can awesome. uh, get, you, uh, get you the gig so you can make us all look good. Thank you so much, and y'all have a great night. Thank you. All right, that's the SFX Master Queen, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Looks like our next guest is waiting in the wings. We're going to take a quick little timeout, and then we'll be back right after these messages. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. Hey, baby, let's go to Vegas. She is Nicole Vegas. Hey, this is Nicole Vegas. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Kent FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hawkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. How are you, Nicole? Good to have you. Thank you. Yeah, I, was, I, I didn't know because of the time difference. I was like, I, I, I don't know what time it is where you are, but it's, I think it's like 8.15 here. It's, well, it's about 10.15 here. Oh, much later, much later. Yeah, thank you for having me on your talk show. There's so much going on here in Vegas, especially with the film industry, all the, you know, their show, showbiz. I have a lot of friends in the music industry here. There's always something going on here in Las Vegas. And uh, here's what we're going to do, Nicole. Uh, we're going to ask you a few. I'm going to. Uh, we're going to have you do a background, then I'll ask you a few questions. Then we'll do a roundtable. We'll go to our station owner, the greatest engineer that ever graced the radio studios, and then we'll go to the Nightmare Matthias. He's going to give you one, and then we're going to come back to me and ask you the tougher <laughs> questions. Uh, but before we do that, um, I just got to know. Uh, are you living in Vegas because of your last name? No, I changed that before I went to showbiz, and now I'm stuck with it because nobody cares about my real last name. <laughs> All right. Well, may, maybe we can review that Vegas. later. All right. So let's have you give a little uh, background about yourself, and then we'll uh, have some fun with the interview here. All right. So let's see. Where do I start? 
18, I went in the military. I'm a military veteran, Air Force. I was deployed in Saudi Arabia. Thank I you for your service. I also was a cop in North Las Vegas. Thank you. I was also a cop in North Las Vegas here. Uh, been a community server. I worked at the post office. I've been a wife and a mother for the past 25 years. And then I went into showbiz about two years ago. That's me and potatoes. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. You have been on a lot of my favorite shows. Uh, and I'm gonna, I, we'll, we'll talk about that, and then these guys can probably ask some questions about that. But you have been on CSI Vegas, and uh, yeah. she has been in Bar Rescue, guys. She's been in Desert yeah. Friends. She's been back on the Strip, uh, Vegas, the Strip, get it? Uh, yeah. She's also been uh, the bookkeeper. She's been in Vegas Views. She's been behind closed doors, you know, like uh, – uh, the, it's, a uh, the, it's a short film. <laughs> yeah, the Silver Fox. Uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, Ken, help me out. What uh, the guy that did uh, the most beautiful girl in the Charlie Rich? Yeah, Charlie Rich. You know, when we get behind closed doors, was his hit. And uh, you're also in Game Night, so you've been on a lot of fun stuff. If you had to, uh, more to come. It, yeah, I know. I've noticed that. We'll talk about that. But if you had to talk of all those products I named, what would you say? would uh, be like the peak of what you've done or have you not hit your peak yet of what you're going to do? Well, I probably haven't hit my peak since I've only been in it two years. So there's a lot of opportunity. It's, it's just constantly being on the set, in front of the camera, behind the camera, learning stunts, learning the producing part. I have my own talk show, Vegas Views, a lot of interviews, a lot of red carpet hosting. It's, it's, there's a lot of different areas. Um, to approach in this industry. So I'm trying to figure out which one is really my niche. And here's the good news on your host, uh, you host Vegas Views. The icon would love to be a guest on that show. I will definitely connect you with Maria Perez, that is the producer, and it's usually through Social Media Shows Network. Yeah. All right. I will make sure and that not I connect that I'm you together. And not that I'm bragging, but we are one of the first, if not the first, podcast that actually became a radio show but i'm not going to brag about that because this is your time uh we have uh, miss vegas is our guest and uh nicole vegas and she is awesome if you guys have uh, never seen her uh she she would she puts any uh actress to shame because she is so beautiful and i'm not just saying that because you're on the show here uh so here's what we're gonna do let's do a little round table let's uh let's bring on our owner first uh, Ken, what do you have for Nicole Vegas? Go ahead. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for uh, joining us here this evening. Uh, it's thank a great you. pleasure. Um, I was listening to your background, and uh, you hit a chord. Um, I have a brother that uh, is retired now, but he was in law enforcement uh, out on the west end of the state here, and he lasted like almost 30 years um, at the uh, oh place gosh. where he was at. The one thing I have for you is uh, in talking with my brother, I always tended to get the negative side of society. And it's like I realized uh-huh. that in law enforcement, a lot of times that's what you're exposed to. Did that affect you at all? And uh, do you have that same kind of thing you talk to your relatives, your friends, or whatever, and the negative side of things keep coming out? and seems to be kind of attuned to uh, your experiences in law enforcement. Is that true? Um, when I was in it, it was really difficult because every day I was in the city, so I don't know if your oh, brother oh, man. was the oh, deputy man. in the country, but I, I was in the thick of it. 
And, um, I mean, you have to have your head on a swivel all day, every day. There's suicide, suicide attempts, domestic, sexual assaults, accidents, burglaries. I mean, it was nonstop. Uh, and you can't get away with it. Um, a lot of people, when I go to parties, and they're like, oh, this is my cop friend. Or they would come to me knowing that I'm in law enforcement. Like, oh, can you help? I never got away from it. And then, I don't know, I used to, like, dream about digging bolts out of my head. It was, it was not good. Uh, the bad outweighed the good for me. And my family came first. Uh, but I did help out a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people, and that's the thing, seconds. You know, there's one domestic that shook me up a little bit. I didn't go with the code nine. That means backup. I went on my own. Because, you know, you have to make those decisions. So yeah. dispatch is saying that the the wife found out the husband was cheating, and he decided to douse her and her vehicle with gasoline. He's going to light her on fire. So, I mean, it's quick. you got to worry about stuff like that. Another domestic. The domestics were the worst for me. This guy. That's what my brother had said. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what my brother had said. He said that uh, of the worst calls that you can go on, the scariest ones will be domestics. And I can understand that because that, to me, that encompasses a really broad range of different things that you could get accosted with. There's domestic violence. So the thing is, say um, the the spouse or whoever is beating. It could be the other way too. There's wives that beat on their spouses. Um, but in this instance, say he's beating her. He's beating her bad. You can put him in cuffs, and she would still come after the cops because she's protecting her man. So that could be dangerous too. Just because someone is they're beating that person up, I mean, they they still go back. And the thing is. Some of them never get that other chance. They, they end up dying. Um, a lot of domestics, like a, demo, a domestic violence. There is so much on these streets here. And, uh, you know, people live in, the, it's like living in the country. It's so much peaceful. But here, I mean, you do. Even nowadays, there's this, Vegas has grown in the last few years. I mean, it, the infrastructure, everything, it's just nonstop flow of people coming in. And there's a lot of crime and accidents and people under the influence and there's human trafficking. There's a lot that goes on here. Um, but it's a I, lot I don't, to keep up with, obviously. Anymore. Yeah, there's a lot. So now I'm in showbiz, which has its own um, way that you have to watch out for. There's a lot of cons and scams, and people, I call them crabs in the bucket. They, they're not happy for people if they're successful and they're not getting the same gigs or acts. So I, I'm right. learning that. It's been two years, and it's a lot of work. I thought when I first went on, I got... Um, on the cleaning lady from uh, Warner Brothers. That was my first thing. I was supposed to be background, but they bumped me with my first half Harley, and they paired me with this really young guy. And I said out loud, I go, is this a cougar scene? I said, I'm really confused. And I, I told mm-hmm. the, the young man, I said, I said I'm said, i your mother's age. He said, don't even get fresh with me. However, I'm going to hold your arm because I have no idea what they're saying. They're like, go to Mark II, reset. I had no idea what they're like, Nicole, you're holding that wrong. Look over at this camera. Look through that. I was like, <laughs> So I ended up having to take a lot of acting lessons, uh, a lot of different coaches. Then I took stunts. I got to do arm burns, jump off buildings. And then I wanted to learn the crew side with, uh, you know, like the PA, the grip, the slate, the producing part. I I, kind of want to have a feel of what this industry has. The thing is, you can get burned out very quick. I had to learn to say no to a lot of people. And I've helped out volunteer as well as got paid decent too on certain sets. I just didn't know that in my 40s, I'm in my 40s, that I'd ever go into this route. 
ever in my life. Um, it's very challenging. I'm doing an upcoming feature film here next month called Desert Themes that I helped put together with Sean C. Phillips. So, you know, locking down the locations and the LLC and the permits, um, getting the cast, getting them uh, hotels and flights and the food and the paperwork uh, for the release forms and the, you know, the equipment. It's a lot of work. It sounds a whole like new it. It's like just for acting. <laughs> and uh, it, it sounds like uh, it sounds like a job that entails like early morning to late evening, and you never get a break. Well, yeah, well, I'm forced to now. I'm, I feel so, well. I'm heading out tomorrow. My son graduated from the Marine Boot Camp in San Diego, so we're heading out there. My younger son's going to be in the film. He's 11. The other one's 22, and uh, he's mm. going to get his head mold. So you know, there's things. I, I mean, I, I would like to have one day off. I, I don't know if that's possible. Like one day, that means no responsibilities and no um, like consequences because I didn't do a responsibility. If I could have like one whole day, that'd be fabulous. But I don't think that's that's in my cards. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Some people have a lot of responsibility, and other people, I don't know. Yeah, I have to ask I, you know, what's that like to wake up. Yeah, it all depends there. upon what you're doing. Do you? Um, did you do law enforcement before this two-year thing in Las Vegas? Yes. Or did six or, years back? I was. Yeah. Oh, it was six years six back. Years ago. So you weren't in Las Vegas at all. No, I've been in Las Vegas for eighteen years, and I only, oh, only yeah. started showbiz two years back. Okay, but you've lived in Vegas for eighteen, 18. years, so eighteen yeah, years. So uh, you yeah, were involved with that then too. So yeah, I can understand. It's a whole different world then. It, it uh, is, Nicole. and it, it was just, yes, sorry. No, I was just going to say, Nicole Vegas, so I guess you're on 89.1 Kins FM, and we got 28 minutes here with Nicole. Uh, did we interrupt you? Go ahead. Oh, and just that anything you ever do, usually like say law enforcement or military or post office, you know, those jobs, you have to have a background check. In showbiz, you don't have to have anything. I don't even know half the people, of what their integrity is, uh, anything, you know, it's it's so bizarre. And that can be scary. Time. It can be. <laughs> they have mental illness, yes. Um, the oh, thing geez. is, when there's an image, I have people, like, there's an image of me, and they're like, they just think I'm always dressed up. I said, oh, no, I could be sloppy. I have sweatpants on, hair in a bun. I said, I have a life. I said, I'm a mother and a wife. That's what I've been doing for 25 years. I said, I just, that's why I'm very clear. I just started this two years ago. No, I didn't dream of being an actress or in the industry or any of that stuff. I did it to do community service. I thought I could build a platform and connect with more people, which I have. But this industry is so consuming. I mean, it's so much work. And people don't – no one – not that I know how, how you juggle the people, the people that are flowing into my life. I'm, I'm having a hard time juggling, to be honest. Uh, lots and lots of people. We're on 89.1 Kids FM. we got uh, 26 minutes. Uh, let's bring on the nightmare. I, I know he's there. Nightmare, what do you have for our guest, Nicole Vegas? we got 26 minutes. Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and soon-to-be EWI Epic Champion and BZW World Tag Team Champion, Matthias here. Welcome on to my part of the program. Could you come arrest him, please? Should have some of you should have some applause yeah, or something sure. like that that comes in after that. Uh, can, can you can you uh, come up with that here? Maybe next show or something like I, that. I Don? completely agree. See, Ken's the one. Oh, 
Razor. Anyway, uh, may he rest in peace. Um, I guess my main question to you was, I heard you and Ken talking, and if you said you'd been a cop in Vegas for how long? It was, I did it for only a year. Okay. So and he said he heard, you guys, yeah. he heard you guys talking, and he didn't know the answer to that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was it was six of, years ago, uh, okay. and I resigned, and it was really hard. Uh, a lot of people were like, we need somebody like you, and I had job deal after years it took me two years to not feel that guilt but i have my family yeah. to maintain um but i did you, help out a lot in the community That's okay all I could do. And, yeah and i was going to ask too because i heard you guys were talking about you being a police officer in vegas and all that and how extreme and stuff that could be now you've been in vegas for a number of years and i kind of wanted to search this up when it comes to um the member when stephen paddock um you know, had that mass shooting at that concert venue, and you lived in Vegas oh. at the time. How did how did that personally? Because like I've been, I when I, I worked in oh, news when that story broke out, and how did that knowing like because I know you had friend and friends in law enforcement and stuff like that. All the how first did that responders, affect, yeah, they, yeah, all the first responders. Of how did that affect you personally, and how did you see Vegas come from? from how it used to be to, like, what it was? That like, what kind of big differences did you see develop in Vegas after that um, that mass shooting event? Not so trusting anymore. Um, that can happen anywhere at any time. People needed to be more vigilant. Uh, a lot of people, they think because first responders are trained to do it, they're not trained to handle mass casualties. Um, of course, there was panic. And I'm glad there were some people at the scene that could contain, control, and communicate and get people to safety. Um, when something heads south like that, a lot of people, they, they're not trained, and they just panic, and it's chaos. Um, I don't think people will ever be the same. I remember I actually bawled my eyes out. I have O-negative blood. They needed a lot of blood. There was long lines at the blood banks um, for d- blood donations. Um, it, it hit hard. It hit me to my core. It hit a lot of people. There's a lot of people that I know that were at the concert. Uh, a lot of my uh, ex-coworkers went there in first response. I mean, they had from Henderson Metro, Northtown, I mean, everybody was there coming together. They came together. So when they said Vegas strong, it's community strong as well. Absolutely. Because, yeah, when you guys were talking about that, like it kind of just hit me because we were talking last week on the show before uh, we cut off for the night. We were talking about events such as, like events that shook us to our core, like 9-11 and the Columbine Massacre. Shuttle Challenger. Yeah, Shuttle Challenger. Like all those events that – like everybody, you know, sat down for a minute and watched TV and came together as a country. So when you guys were talking about being in Vegas and stuff like that and you being a police officer, it kind of just immediately hit me about that, that massive event. And, um, like, how did, like, how did it personally affect you? Because, like, I, I don't know how, what you, how you felt living in Vegas throughout the years. Like, did you feel more free back then and, you like, you were more – easy going and then like all of a sudden this happened and you were more you know no i was always cautious because um especially uh, in law enforcement the thing is a lot of people they don't have situational awareness so you know they park the vehicle and they just get out take a second look around before you get outside that parking lot see who's out there people are always watching and more happens with women they don't look up but i i see you know i'm at a store and i see guys they're looking around i do my little nod like i see you see me um women don't usually do that um, they just get out of their car or someone knocks on the door, you know, people just o- open it. I had a, yeah. a situation where they had a home invasion, 
And she, the guy almost got her good. Um, he was in his boxers. No one's ever clothed, you know, when there's a scene like that. It's so bizarre. He's knocking out uh, the car. He um, tried to break into their home. He, he brought, you know, he took a sign. He's wanting, for some reason, females made him very irritated. So he, he would say some things. I know this is PG, but um, so I walked away and let the, the, the male officers handle it because he would, he would say derogatory things. He was was a heavy guy. You could tell he lost weight. Usually when people are very heavy and they lose weight, they're very strong still because they're used to carrying that weight. Um, there's people on PCP we had to deal with, um, uh, just horrible conditions, you know. We've seen some mom. You could tell when people are on drugs, strung out, people are passed out on the sidewalks. You know, there's a lot of homeless out here, too. I don't think people realize. I call it Tent City. It's, oh, it's, yeah. Um, you, I talk to people. I like to see where they're at mentally because you don't know people think they're going to keep them themselves and then something heads south like that people end up snapping um I, have, I had a friend that i went into the academy with great guy family guy awesome guy and last year you know i find out this guy that always had my back great guy he ended up killing his daughter and shooting himself law enforcement what wow is that that's somebody terrible. to do that so I stuck and that, up for them, and they're like, how could you stick up for that monster? And I said, am I a monster? Could you picture me doing that? I'm like, no. I said, well, that's how I feel about him. That happened last exactly. year. Exactly. Here. Yeah, it's like yeah. I always tell people, too, it's like I don't trust anyone. Like I can't fully 100% trust anybody because once you do, and when I see it, you become cognizant of the situation, and then you don't know when somebody is well enough in their head to strike. Like I yeah. one time, and this is getting kind of personal, but – I um, hung out with the wrong crowd one point in time when I was a growing teenager. You? Yeah. Well, I was younger. I was 14 years old. I was stupid. I had a car, and everyone showed me respect because they wanted to use me for my car. Well, they were the only ones that were showing me respect around my school, around my community. They were, like, treating me like one of the group, because, and that was the only group I ever hung out with. Well, one night, um, they... I thought they were friends of mine, stuff like that. Well, then uh, they said, hey, my apartment's being robbed. We got to get going. And they drove my car 70 miles an hour over railroad tracks and dang near killed us. And then I took it home, my car home. Luckily, she drove home somehow, some way. And I parked oh her in goodness. the driveway and I went back inside. And they came back to get me that same night. My dad chased them off and I dang near had a severe incident that night because I was I had such a bad anger problem. But it's like I learned from that moment on you can't like you you literally need to be watching your back. That's how I've seen it because you don't know when somebody is willing to hurt you or strike you or hurt you in any way. Our desperation. Yeah, especially in Las Vegas, like that. Like you don't know who's got ill intentions around the streets because there's there's hundreds and hundreds of people. There are hundreds and hundreds of people walking around the streets in the daytime. Something from all happen. around the in, world. It's not even from exactly. them living here. It's a big tourist Exa- spot. Exactly. They, they, like, people drove and hit people into the strip, too. There's stuff that goes on all the time. If people only knew. Things happen at the airport, too. Um, oh, yeah. So my, Yeah, my husband helps run that airport, and he tells me what goes on there. If people only knew what's out people, there. And the one thing is like, and even, their house. exactly. And it's like my, and I'll, and I'll kind of get a little more like my girlfriend at the time right now, she does this job where she's a, um, a home counselor or whatever, where she goes to people's houses and she gives them 
the help that they need to like to get a job and, and maintain their house and stuff like that before they okay. become homeless and stuff. Well, I tell her like you need to carry a gun. You need to you need to carry something on you because you have no idea when somebody's willing to strike. And she and she's always kind of going, oh, nothing's gonna happen. Nothing's gonna happen. Oh, yeah, you don't goodness. know. That's and the I, problem. How far do you trust these people? Exactly. Even if you know them, even if you can be married to the person and still yeah. not Just be like aware of what will happen if they pass that threshold, the right if they pass that the limit right to where they snap. Disaster. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like, I, like I said with my earlier story, I dang near took a baseball bat to my father because I snapped that night because I was so angry at the world. Like I, was so, I had such a bad anger problem that I nearly attacked my own father because I was so angry and I snapped. One person I always like to compare the world to is John Wayne Gacy. And I know if you guys are familiar with it, he, he killed 33 people while being one of the most beloved people young in all boys. the Chicago area. Young yeah, boys. Exactly. He killed 33 young men and boys and oh buried God. them under his house at night. But during the day, he was one of the most beloved people in all of Illinois. He got pictures next to Rosalind Carter. He was in the JCs. He was all this. He was the most, the happiest guy around. The people loved him. Nobody had a problem with him. But all of a sudden, now you find this deep, dark secret yep. that he... What was, was the, going on in his head what was one of that the, was not on the surface? Was one of the most evil. But it was definitely in not in his head because he was acting it out. Well, yeah, it was. It was in his head until he acted it out. Yeah, until he acted yeah, it out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's with a lot of mental illness. And the thing is, people they they don't want to be involved. They don't care. They they're struggling themselves. There's so many people. I I've done a lot of nonprofits, so I can't give out my pocket anymore. I was like, I'm gonna go broke over trying to help the world. But there's a lot of nonprofits, so they need medical, they need dental, they need housing, they need food, they need bus passes. I've worked at so many nonprofits here. I can redirect them and get them the help they need if they want it. What we can do. That is awesome. Uh, Nicole Vegas is our guest here on uh, 89.1 Kent FM. we got 15 minutes here. And uh, hey. uh, real quick here, for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to Attitude Air Monday Live Monday like that, Go to 89.1 Kent FM page like that. Do a $10 a month donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you qualified to win an autographed picture from a past guest, current guest, or a future guest. Uh, Nicole, would you be willing to send us a few for giveaways? Sure. I'll help out where I can. And I'm also with the link. Just let me know so I can share it in the Vegas views and um, among the other uh, the groups I'm in. So you can, you know, I'm in Atlanta group. I'm in New York City, uh, India, UK. I mean, I'm trying to make more global, make more connections outward. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll definitely send you all the links for the show. That would be perfect. Now, uh, yeah. if we could, uh, uh, I do appreciate uh, you talking about all the stuff that and answering all their questions and stuff. But if we could uh, kind of come back to uh, your acting career, if uh, okay. if we could do that for a little bit. All right. It's it's funny. It's a. Uh, uh, Nicole is like multifaceted, and uh, it is so easy to kind of, you know, get off the main topic and subject. So, you know, I appreciate where you're coming from there, Icon. Absolutely. Especially on this show, we're we're known for getting off topic. <laughs> well, and sometimes it's necessary too. Around. Sometimes it's fun. Like you know, you you want one main subject, but then you know, like you could talk about a certain subject for so long, and then you always want to switch out. Like if you find something new talk about it, and then move back on. You know, it's like, 
always finding something new is interesting. Well, I'll tell you what, we got we got 14 minutes here with the call. I'm going to ask her, uh, we're going to channel back, and I'm going to ask you about uh, your acting career if I could. All right. I'll give you the, the bean potatoes, how to get connected that way, because no one told me. It's so much work to figure things out, but I've helped out a lot of uh, newer actors and even some seasoned ones that have been in it longer than me. Um, what's good to do in your area is find a casting director. You sign up with them, and they'll help you get on uh, SAG sets. Well, so all three, all three of us is, are involved in a film coming up. Okay. It, where you're located, you're doing a film? Are you doing fundraising? Yeah. Does it come out of your pocket? Is it union, non-union? What is it? Well, I know that uh, we, uh, we're going to uh, be part of helping to raise money for the uh, – for the film, it's called The Legacy, directed by uh, Rod Smith of The Legacy Possessions. It's a trilogy. Part three is already out. Uh, we'll be involved in part one and two. And actually, 89.1 Ken's FM is bringing the film to be, uh, to be filmed here in Fargo, our hometown here. All three of us are involved. And as far as I understand, uh, the, uh, they're going to be casting as well up here in Fargo. Um, I think... Uh, Icon, you said that uh, he had already gotten some of the major characters already set up for the uh, the, the film, and uh, so it'll be probably uh, uh, cameos, things like that, that he's going to be looking for. I'm right, familiar. exactly. I'm familiar. Okay. So, uh, so go ahead, uh, Nicole. So, I guess uh, what I'd like to ask, uh, if well, unless uh, if. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll let you finish giving us the advice, and I'll ask you the other question I was going to okay. ask. Well, now that I know you're doing fundraising, are you doing Indiegogo? I have a lot of groups that you can connect yes. with there that can help you. Are you doing good yes. perks? I mean, did Indiegogo. you put, like, um, a reel, uh, a trailer together so people can see who you are? Did you put set that all up? Well, I'll tell you what, I would uh, – I'm definitely going to utilize you. Uh, you can uh, – I don't know if <laughs> – I don't know if you'd have time out of your busy schedule to come down and uh, even uh, be part of this, uh, but I think that'd be April, cool. After April, I'm doing the upcoming, so I'm leaving tomorrow to go get my son from uh, Marine Boot Camp, and then I'm coming back here. I'm, I'm on talk shows on Tuesdays here, uh, and then I'm doing the two weeks at the end of, from March 26th to April 6th, I'll be doing that Desert Beans feature film out here. And then right after, I got asked to be on Surfer Girls for a role, being a reporter. I'm only doing that for a day. And then afterwards, I'm free. Uh, I think we're going to start filming in May. Okay. Um, I'd have to know the location. Um, Did you have it on IMBD? The thing is, uh, I think people don't realize if they're doing the film how much a film really costs. It's not just the, the cast and the crew. And so people can help volunteers. Sometimes you can get people to help out. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, we, we, found out, we found out the uh, price tag. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there's always one. So it's, hopefully you can lock on. If you lock down locations, make sure you have an LLC and you have your permits because sometimes permits take a little bit to lock down a location and um, the paperwork behind it. And then when you hire like certain people, like we hired some celebrities, so some of them are like four thousand a day. The one wanted twenty five thousand. I said, "This is an indie indie film. I don't have twenty five thousand just to give to you yeah. for two lines. That's not happening. That's not." I just laughed. Well, I'm sure Rod. Like, I'm sure Rod is pretty much in you know in he, charge of all of he, that. He's controlling all that. But, and uh, he would you know, be the guy that uh, uh, would pretty much determine you know what avenue we go as far as how much we can spend. 
Um, we had a Zoom call with him, what, a week ago? No, right. Uh, or four, last Friday. Yeah, uh, three days ago. So, and Nicole, here quick before uh, Ken continues, uh, I want to send your name to the director and let him know that you'd be interested in helping out, and that would be awesome. I, we'd love to have you come down here. Yeah, all I need to know, though, is where the location is, the setups, the cast, the crew, um, what areas they're needing help in? I mean, because it's a huge thing. Is it a feature film, or is it a short film, or what? What is it? A TV series? What are they doing? Well, it's a it's a it's a feature film. Uh, part three of the trilogy okay. is already out, and uh, right. part one and two is what we're uh, going to be involved in. You're saying that. All right. Um, and what's the time frame for this shoot? You know, sometimes they just need you for a day. Maybe they need you longer. Um, do they have a group page where they can put all the cast and crew in so at least they can discuss it? Because that would help out, I don't too. think he's got it's any like, of that set up yet. Yeah, yeah, we're working yeah, all, on easy. all that. Yeah. Yep. But I out. will uh, – um, yep. Yeah, okay, I'll put your name out and let them know that. And then uh, when uh, it comes uh, when it comes down to we get more information, I'll contact you and let you know, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, let, let me know because I've also had crew experience. So that's the part. It's It's – being able to utilize your experience, not just in front of the camera, but behind the scenes as well, which is even more work. That's what I feel. I feel like in front of the camera is very easy. Behind the scenes, I mean, it's grueling. <laughs> long, long, longer hours. Well, I can understand that, uh, you know, for every minute that you put, you know, on camera, what goes on behind the scenes is like hundreds like of times. 15 hour back. days, maybe 18 yep. hour days, 15, 18 hours. Yes, it's. Um, a lot of uh, back-breaking work, too, on the crew side, especially if I'm helping with the grip, the lights, the sandbags, um, just moving things around, the equipment. It's it's all day, every day. You know, it's it, the crew's there before the, the cast, and the crew's there when the cast is already done because they're cleaning up everything. Just, yep. just how it rolls. Yeah. Well, Nicole Vegas, our guest here. we got eight minutes here with uh, Nicole. Now, I'd like to kind of talk a little, well, we don't have much time, I guess, to talk about uh, uh, your upcoming projects, but you got, uh, looks like you got three projects in the works for this coming year, Pay to Die, uh, Mistletoe Massacre, Woods, Witch, and Back on the Strip. Uh, are you still on set with those? Are they, have you not started so on any of those yet? Complete. They're they're fixing, they're doing the editing and stuff like that. For So the Back on the Strip, I actually got a scene with Kevin Hart, um, and that was my second Taff Harley. So there's a scene where he comes up and he's talking to the group, and then I, I kind of turn away from him, and I see this clown. He's jumping up and down, and there's some things going on. I don't want to give it away, but it's coming out in April. So you can, that's I'm casting that one. That was a pretty cool scene with Kevin Hart, and he's a great guy. And, no, he's and not have, as tall as 5'4". That's a lie. <laughs> and uh, you also have a couple other projects that either you've completed or are still working on. Uh, uh, Server Girl, Death Club, The Family Clan, uh, The Family Plan, Absolute Dominion, Obliterated, Swamp, Squ- uh, Swamp. Uh, yeah, the, you know what I'm talking family, about. Family Plan is different yeah. than what they were calling it on set, and I got to work with Mark Wahlberg, um, and I'm in a you, scene with him and Michelle, so it was a good scene. You play a gambler. I do. Really good scene with that, so I was excited to be part of that, and I did that a couple weeks back recently. And then, uh, why can't I say this uh, this this name here? Uh, it, the the movie Swamp. Uh, squ- uh, oh, that's Squatch? still in the works. Uh, his name uh, is uh, Brandon Crum. He's on TMZ a lot. He wants to film that out in Florida, but he has to get the funding for that, so that's on him. 
No, no. And I'd like to kind of go back. You know, we talked about uh, you know you being on bar rescue. So that what was you fun. owned a, you, so what you owned a bar or you were a worker there or. No. So John Taffer owns that show. Um, I got cast through Julie Goldman. I'm on season eight, uh, episode three and four. And so you, you're a bar patron, and you go in there, and it, it's a mess, and they have to go and fix it up. They have only a couple of days to do it. Um, and it's like nine days that changes. You know, the menu's good. The drinks are done good. But I got to meet Chef Vic Vegas, where I got to go on his show, Paradise uh, Foods. You know, so every set I've been on, I got to go off and be on another set they wanted me on. So Bar Rescues with John Taffer. He helps um, save the, the establishment from going bankrupt. You That's have to see awesome. the show. You got to watch it. Yeah, it was pretty cool to experience that. You know, they did an interview with me. I got to have some dialogue, um, and that was fun. And then there was other ones, too. Um, CSI now, the first season one, they did all this filming with me. I was with um, Murray the Magician. I've seen this accident happen, and they cut it all out. It does, that happens, too, if you're in film. They can cut all that stuff out. So when now people film me, and they make all those compliments. I'm like, well, we'll see if it makes the cut. <laughs> I don't trust nothing. So now, you know, being in uh, CSI Vegas because, you know, you were a cop in Vegas, that wasn't too far of a stretch for you to play that role, was it? It's different. Um, that, that, that is not even how it would ever be. Uh, it, it's so different. I mean, it's, it's set up for the drama part of it. it. The protocol, everything is not how it is normally. It's, it's not. Um, That's interesting really nice. because... Yeah, that, it's really interesting. I always, know. <laughs> yeah, when you watch those shows, uh, in the back of your mind, you're wondering, okay, how real is this? And is this sort of drama actually realistic in real life? You know, when they go down to the precinct or whatever, and you see all the drama down there, is that real life or not? And it's great that you're talking about that because that gives people a whole different perspective on watching these shows. The thing is, two people sent me scripts, and they did not do their homework. And being a detective is different than being on patrol. Detective, you know, usually dressed nice. You, you know, you have your badge on the hip and, and your your weapon, you know, next to it. Uh, you're, you're doing more paperwork than anything. You're doing investigations. Now, when you're at patrol, you're, you're driving around the streets. You're responding to the dispatch. Completely different. You're in uniform. Yep. So that thing, yep. you know, there's, there's protocols. And I, I know each district does something different. Um, the jurisdictions can be a little off with what they do with the protocol, but it, it's similar. Unless you're out in the boondocks being a deputy sheriff, that's that's a, a whole different mindset and outlook because, you know, usually it's a small town, you know everybody. Here you don't know everybody. you gotta be you got to be really vigilant. Like they said, hide in a swivel. You don't know who's coming and what's going on or what sabotage or what's that up. It's. And just because you get responded to something doesn't mean that's really what's happening. Got things it's quick like out you here. Gotta, it's like your brain and your eyes and your head have to be like radar. Uh, You've got to be cognizant Second. of everything around you. Um, yep. Yeah, Nicole Vegas, I guess we've got about the two minutes here so, so we don't uh, lose track of this. If our fans want to check out and see you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, a, what do you got? I have it. Uh, Nicole Vegas on Facebook. Nicole underscore Butler Vegas on Instagram. I have a TikTok, but I, you know, I, I'm trying to use it. They're, they're trying to tell me to do more social media stuff, but I get so drained. 
Um, but if they want to reach me, the best would be Nicole Vegas and then also Vegas Views. I mean, people could share what they want to share on that group page. It's for me to help connect people to each other. And um, I'll help people where I can, as much as I can. I mean, they do have to do their work. I'll help them, you know, direct them to the people they need to know. But the rest is up to them. They better get to work. That's awesome. In this industry, yes. And there is there is one thing I do want to ask you about. It's a it's a, kind of a picture that I, I saw of you. I'm just kind of curious. Uh, right. uh, it's on imdb.com, and you're wearing this uh, blue kind of top, and you got this like scouring look on your face. Were they not supposed to take a picture of you that day, or what? What was the deal with that picture? I don't even know what that is. I'd have to look at the picture. Oh no, whatever the picture was. Uh, I was wearing a blue top. I can't. I don't even know. There's so many pictures. I have no idea. Yet. That's the thing, too. Nicole Butler Vegas. That's why I looked myself up and all these things pop up. Um, I, I would have to look. There's, I think there's like 70 pictures, and I don't know well, which I'll, one. No, well, I mean, it's just different I can't be happy all the time. <laughs> well, well I, I like the picture for certain reasons, which we can't talk about here. But anyway, uh, I'll oh, tell you what, okay. Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nicole, you are so awesome. We love you. We thank you for joining thank us you. tonight. And uh, thank you so much. And uh, we'll get you hooked up. We'd love to have you come down to North Dakota and hang with us. Absolutely. Just let me know where um, I can help out, but definitely make that group page for the upcoming film. It makes it so much easier for people to pay attention to support. Um, whoever's in charge, it. make them make a group page. You got it. Thanks, thank Nicole. You so much Appreciate for having it. Me. We love you. All right. Love you back. All right. All right, Nicole Vegas, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, okay, so, Ken, here's the thing. I guess the way I understand it is uh, Granny might not be with us next week either, uh, and it, it might be a little bit before she comes back to us. Uh, you uh, Are you uh, are you available next Monday night to sit in that chair and be with us? I think I can do that. I am not uh, obviously uh, – <clears throat> I don't uh, have my schedule in front of me or anything like that, but usually Mondays are pretty much open. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, don't say you're not radio savvy because that would not be correct. Well, the thing is that, uh, uh, you know, my other job, which basically built this radio station, um, was is engineering, and uh, being an engineer, you're on call pretty much all the time. The phone can ring any time. And uh, I think that uh, I've got some things coming up, but I think they're later on this week, and I think we can get uh, uh, everything squared away so I can be open Monday night for you if you need me. Awesome, and definitely do that. Uh, so anyway, so we got about, uh, well, we got about uh, a minute and a half before our theme song uh, plays. But, you guys, this is this is awesome. What, the, what this show, is, and I know everybody's sick of hearing this, but, we are a podcast that became a radio show. It, it's my ultimate dream to be doing this. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm going to be like Howard Stern or anything, but uh, or Wolfman Jack or uh, Alan Freed or any of that stuff. But this is what I want to do, and Ken, you have uh, made it possible for me to do this. And you're awesome. And you probably think I'm just saying this, but uh, I... Technically, I'm not under contract, so I'm not trying to kiss butt or anything. But anyway, it is what it, it is what it is. So that's what I'm talking about. Well, the the, the fun thing is that uh, you know behind the scenes here, the arrangement that we have. I have no idea what's going on here. Are you uh, there? Yeah, now I am. 
um, the arrangement that we have is uh, like the station is founded. We are all volunteers. And uh, Scott came up to me and volunteered a two-hour talk show for our radio station that is usually modern rock, and we feature local artists and musicians. That has been the premise for like 10 years, well, eight years probably now. But uh, Scott came up to me and said that uh, I've got an idea for you. I have an idea for you. Uh, How about a talk show? And he said, well, we don't do talk shows. We're all music. And he said, well, give it a try. And uh, uh, he relayed to me how he was going to run it. And uh, it was very simple for us to hook him up. All we needed was some kind of a phone coupler. And I had built that. So everything was ready to go. And so really, we're dealing with a volunteer exchange of hands. There's no money no money exchanges hands either way, and uh, we are just happy to have uh, uh, Icon and his show on our radio station in hopes that, uh, you know, it can help not only us, but help him at the same time. Well, I'll tell you what, our theme song is about to play here uh, until uh, next week. It's not goodbye. It's just good night. Join us next week. We love you. Be safe. Love each other. We'll see you next week. <laughs>